0: Don't be ashamed to learn things that you need to know. Here's explanations.
1: with Dr. Doe. Sexplanations podcast, episode eight. I'm Lindsay Doe, a clinical sexologist and doctor of human sexuality. This is a show where I talk with interesting people about sexual things. Today, the interesting person is Matthew Gatos. Yay! Hi. Hi. You're the other half of Sexplanations' YouTube channel. You do the videography, editing, and directing of our show, in addition to two other channels. Channels. Animals. That's a good
0: that's a good slip. <laughs> <laughs> it will become abundantly clear why that's a good slip in the next few seconds.
1: Animal Wonders Montana and the financial diet.
0: Yes. My yeah. technical title is producer.
1: You're the producer.
0: It encompasses all the all other stuff things. you listed.
1: All those things. Yeah.
0: But I'm the producer of those three channels here at Complexly.
1: A fact about you. Matthew was featured on Sexplanations a few times before he left his job managing the DFTBA warehouse to work with us on the production side.
0: A couple times, yeah, I can think of at least once.
1: The first one I think was our one hundredth anniversary episode where we well, acted 100th out
0: episode, not one hundredth anniversary. <laughs> 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 but yes, the one hundredth oh, episode, wow. the uh, blowjobs in the dungeon. Mm-hmm. That was my first appearance.
1: Yes, in the in the green suit. And then you wore the green suit again in an episode called Gratitude.
0: Oh, right, 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 where we, like, where we, were, we were thanking Patreon people. Yes, we did That's a family right. portrait. We did a family portrait and one more pose.
1: Yeah. Uh, something the cable- chandelier? Yeah, chandelier, the Italian chandelier. That was right, yeah. Yes. Uh, um,
0: yeah, so yeah, I was on the channel twice before I got the job, and I think twice since I got the job.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, because you did the end-of-the-year chat.
0: And then... The other end of the year chat.
1: Two end of the year chats. Yeah. One with Nick, and and then one you and I. Correct. Okay. Uh, so you've you seen
0: my face if you've seen the channel, if you've watched every video, and then if you've seen the other videos, you've seen the green outline of my body.
1: And if you go to YouTube.com/slash Matthew Gatos, you can see much more of your face. You can yeah, hear yeah, exclusively your voice my face. Singing and your hands playing guitar.
0: <laughs> Go watch my hands.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So let's look at this. In two years, we've been making videos together, more than that, and answering sex questions like what sex positions are possible for oral sex in a dungeon. My question for you is how would you respond to this? My curiosity is how would Matthew respond to this?
0: Respond to that question?
1: Respond to all these questions that we've gotten over the years. So. Oh. My plan is to look at the episode of Sexplanation's YouTube channel called Rapid Delivery and the one right after that, which is a follow-up set of questions, Mm -hmm. and ask you those questions. Okay. Yeah?
0: I mean, we can try it. I'm not the doctor here.
1: No, I know, but (laughs) when we're on set and we're in between lines, you always have really insightful, sex-positive things to say. And you're hilarious.
0: Well, thanks. That's it, folks. (laughs) (laughs) Wrap it up with that.
1: Oh, I love it. It's all
0: downhill from here.
1: (laughs) First, though, before we go into that, each week on Sexplanations Podcast, we do a multiple choice testy question in honor of the Sexplanauts who fund this channel at patreon.com slash Sexplanations Podcast. A special thanks goes out to Laura Schuster, Paul Nixon, Donna Flint, and the Millers who pledge at the boss level. Now it's time to hold our testes. Here's our question. Approximately how many unanswered messages do I have between my Tumblr, Twitter, and Facebook inboxes? All right. A, six, as in I'm very great at managing and replying. i guess not that one. B, 600, C, 6,000, or D, 60,000?
0: I really thought 69 was going to be an option.
1: Aww. Um,
0: not to like cast doubt on you, but I'm going to say C.
1: Yeah. Six thousand. Yeah. You got it.
0: (laughs) That's so many
1: messages, Lindsay. Oh my gosh, there and there are so many more than that because, or would be, because I will occasionally shut Facebook Ask and Tumblr Ask off so that people can't write in because I can't afford any more buildup. It's just. There there are so many.
0: How old do you think the oldest question in there is
1: Um, that's
0: hopefully not urgent?
1: Maybe three years. Because there was a year. There was that year time period where I was like, I'm going to answer all of these. And then for a while, I had a personal assistant helping me answer them. And then I would have a volunteer helping me answer them. Or at one point, what we did was I shot a video on my iPhone and edited it on iMovie for doe eyes that's basically like thank you for asking your question if it's related to this go here if it's related to this here's some websites and if it's this then you should schedule an appointment with a clinical sexologist and here's how to do that yeah. and so we would just send those out but then it just got much 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 more full the yeah. inbox and
0: cuz that's the problem is like the more you answer questions on the internet the more people realize Ask. that you, yeah. add, well, you you will answer questions on the Internet and then they're just going to keep asking, yeah. uh, which is great because it they're is. reaching out for help, but it also consumes a lot of your time.
1: It do- Well, it would have, right? If because now I, I can't manage it in, in that way. And I also get really overwhelmed by people sending messages that are, are really lengthy about how they had sex and they want to know, their risk of having a sexually transmitted infection from it or risk of pregnancy or whether or not they were raped. And that's heavy stuff.
0: Yeah, I've noticed uh, when we've done Q&As at, like, NerdCon and VidCon and stuff, the one thing that tends to happen is when people stand up to ask questions, they usually have a pretty lengthy story to tell before they actually get to their core question. And it's one of those things of, like, it's very nice to hear and it's nice that people, like, care about the channel enough to talk about those things. But it is that thing of like I can see that when you have a thousand of those in a row that you're reading through, it gets very heavy. And it's Mm -hmm. like it's like if you watched just sad movies all the time and never watched a comedy and never watched anything else and you're just like, why am I not feeling great? It's like, oh, well, maybe because you just read a thousand upsetting messages. Right. So I can see why like you wouldn't want to just – dive in every day.
1: Why <laughs> <and laughs> there's 6,000 messages in my yeah. inbox. I
0: mean, I thought I was bad with, uh, there was a while back, my email inbox, I did something where it marked years and years of emails as unread. I don't know what I did. I don't what? know how I did it. But essentially, uh, my email inbox said I had 4,000 unread emails. And I would say 95% of those were over two years old. Mm-hmm. And so they were not things I needed to read. They were not things that I needed to not delete, mm-hmm. and yet I sat there with them on my phone for years, just not doing <laughs> anything about them, and just letting the, that number. I would just essentially it would hit four thousand, and I would delete a few, <laughs> and keep it below four thousand. But anyone who looks at my phone sees that little bubble or giant bubble, mm-hmm. and is like, "What? What is wrong with you? You're a monster." Because <laughs> um, I know there's people like listening to this who are freaking out about it. Like I, there are a lot of people out there who. Can't have any red bubbles on their screen at any time, like no alerts.
1: Yeah, you did and an episode yeah, of that on-, on
0: my old show, Matt and Maddie, yeah. uh, where we talked about that. And it is now a little bit more under control. I have not yet gone through all of those old ones, but I am down to like 1,700 Oh, from the original like 4,000. So
1: Must feel so good.
0: That's the thing. It doesn't, it doesn't really bother me at all. Oh. The, the 4,000 didn't bother me. The 1,700 doesn't bother me. It bothers anyone who ever looks at my phone. So I'm doing it more as a courtesy to anyone who ever <laughs> glances at my phone and goes, Because ah. if it says, like, 56, people are like, uh, that's that's still a lot, like, for your inbox, but it's not 4,000. Yeah. But so 6,000 is, like, just Facebook and Tumblr?
1: hmm Oh, man. Well, Facebook, Tumblr, and Twitter, which, you know, in terms of direct messages on Twitter, that's, like, a handful. It doesn't include youtube messages from the comments or from are those still a thing they are still a thing <laughs> it doesn't include any of my email inboxes so yeah i mean we're probably looking at tens of thousands but <sighs> i'm i'm gonna hold the number at six thousand approximately Jeez. okay are you ready for questions
0: so we're gonna do all six thousand right now <laughs> No, this is gonna be a 12-hour podcast <laughs>
1: these are just drawn from the rapid delivery episode of sexplanations so if you go to youtube.com slash sexplanations type in rapid delivery you'll see how i responded to them but this is how matthew gatos tries
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's a yes
1: okay we'll do some of these and then we'll just see how it goes if we decide to, to have a long conversation about one of them in particular and not do quantity i don't mind quality
0: yeah, <laughs> that's probably a good... Let's have both. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mind quality. It's all right.
1: <laughs> okay. What does sexually active mean?
0: Hmm. I feel like this is one that I think about only if I'm going to a doctor and they ask it. <laughs> yeah.
1: Because
0: that's the only time anyone has ever brought up the term you
1: sexually, sexually
0: active? active. And you just say yes if you've had sex recently. Mm-hmm. And To me, as like heterosexual, like, cis guy, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: like, for me, I'm just like, have I had sexual intercourse lately? Yes. That is the answer.
1: As in, put a penis in a vagina, put a penis in an anus, put a penis in a mouth.
0: Yeah. uh, I don't even... Yeah. See, that's the thing. It's, like, where oral sex comes in Mm -hmm. is where I think if I was going to a doctor to get tested for, Mm -hmm. like, STIs and stuff, I would include oral sex as sexually active because obviously that can contribute to that. Mm-hmm. But if you show up there and you're like, nope, I haven't been sexually active, even if it's just been oral, that's not going to help right. <laughs> their process.
1: Well, and for some people, that is their primary form of sexual expression and behavior.
0: Right. right? It's, it's kind of, of that contact. whole high school mentality of everything. But like... Oh, you're,
1: you're saying you have the high school mentality? No,
0: no, 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 no. I'm saying that's the same mentality of people who will respond that they're not sexually sexually active, even if they're participating in oral sex because Mm. for them it's not sex even though it's like right there in the title yeah
1: yeah no it is and i think that it's important for us to if we don't come to an agreed set of meanings Mm -hmm. for sexually active then i think whoever is asking the question needs to be more specific about what they're looking for in an answer or what they need to know because Right? Some people don't yeah. ever have penetrative sex.
0: I think it's also that question that I think I've seen, at least from the questions we've handled in the channel, a lot of people seem comfortable asking you, like anonymously on the internet, mm-hmm. but they don't necessarily feel comfortable asking their doctor in person yeah. for some reason. Yeah. Which I understand, like, talking to someone in person about personal things is a lot harder than just typing on your keyboard. Mm-hmm. But that is a thing that you could easily. Ask the doctor who says, are you sexually active? And you say, I'm not exactly sure what you mean by that question. Ask, like, more details. And so, like, if the doctor said, like, oh, have you – basically what you ran down, like, penis and vagina, penis and anus, like, anything like that. And they mention oral and the person can then go, oh, yes, I guess I am. Yeah. And it's just that follow-up question sometimes. Like, I am a person who questions everything. (laughs) Like (laughs) – it's uh, it's a healthy skepticism in my mind, mm-hmm. uh, but it leads to some people getting upset or frustrated because I will just ask a thousand questions until I understand why something is being done or why it's being done in a certain way, um, and that in the past has gotten me in trouble with like bosses and people around me, and I think it extends to doctor's appointments and things too mm-hmm. where if a doctor asks me a question or says they're going to do something, I want to know why. I'm not just going to take it at like blind faith of – Yep, yeah, sure. Go ahead. Like, <laughs>
1: Do whatever to my anus.
0: Yeah, go for it.
1: <laughs> no, that's really great. And I love that you're giving permission to people to get more information, to stay curious. Ready yeah. for the next question? Sure. Who do you have sex with?
0: Uh, my girlfriend.
1: Is there something people do in their sex lives that they think is good but you think is dysfunctional?
0: I think if you had asked me that question before I started working on sexplanations, mm-hmm. I would probably would have had a list, I think. But over the last two years of working with you and just making more friends through the internet and learning more, I think there is no list initially in my head of things that I'm like, well, yeah, everything's cool, except that thing. And it's like, obviously there are things out there that are harmful to other people or illegal and certain yeah. things like that that I don't agree with. But on the whole, if it's like, a fetish or a kink or mm-hmm. just a thing you like to do on the weekends like i'm not gonna shame someone for that and i think in the past i would have definitely been someone who would have turned their head at somebody saying oh yeah, yeah i'm gonna go to a dominatrix or something like that yeah. i've would been like oh okay whatever um and just kind of looked down on something like that mm-hmm. but over the past two years of like working with you and just i think It's the mixture of working with you and that forcing me to learn more outside of even work and meeting and talking to people who go through more things in life and learning from their experiences. Um, Like I said, as a white, straight, cis guy, like (laughs) my experience is very limited and I don't uh, know these things until I ask or until I talk to someone about them. And so I think – As I've gone through these past two years, I'm definitely much more open-minded, non-judgmental.
1: Oh, that's so so cool. They can't see, but I have a shit (laughs) eating grin. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. So, how do I get my sex drive back?
0: Uh, I'd say there's probably some Sexplanations episodes about that. (laughs) Um, That sounds like more of a doctor question than a producer question.
1: My response then was have sex.
0: That's yes, and then I've I've heard you give that advice, which is very interesting advice, because I have friends who have gotten that advice from therapists, and it makes them very unhappy.
1: I could understand that.
0: I've had friends who are like asexual, borderline asexual, who have maybe had a trauma in their life or something that leads to them not really ha- wanting to have sex. Mm-hmm. Like even a back rub can be like triggering for them because mm-hmm. they think it's going to lead to sex. Yeah. Um, Or a romantic dinner, things like that. And I think for them, they've had people tell them, oh, yeah, well, if you have sex with that partner who you know loves you, you'll get used to it or something. And uh, at least for the friends I've talked to, that's very hard to do and very hard to come to terms with because it feels like putting yourself into a super uncomfortable position for essentially what is the needs of the partner.
1: Totally. Totally. Well, and I also think that if you're going to have sex to spark a sex drive, that has to be good reinforcing sex. But I, I think that what your friends are experiencing is maybe different than what I hear from clients, which is, hey, I've had a baby or something has changed in my life. Like I exercise more or I work more and I'm just tired and I, I need to get that old sex drive back. Right. Whereas what I'm hearing is this person is asexual. So for them, it's not about maybe changing who they are, but it's, it's accepting and loving the fact that they don't have the sex drive that maybe other people expect them to.
0: Right. And I think the problem lies then with... If you're going to a sex therapist like you, like you might offer up that option of like there are choices. You can go this route and accept right. your asexuality. I think sometimes a regular psychologist or psychiatrist or whatever who's not necessarily trained specifically in dealing with sexual issues might be more prone to the try having sex see if that helps yeah and maybe not necessarily acknowledging the asexuality side of it oh totally yeah
1: i and I think that that goes on now but it was much more prevalent before the asexual community became a lot more visible
0: yeah which is helpful and like I think every community, like visibility, <laughs> right? is helpful to everyone. Right? Yeah.
1: We should quote you on that.
0: Put it on a t-shirt.
1: Yeah. How can I learn about sexuality without experimenting?
0: Google. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of videos out there, both educational and less educational, that explore different sexualities. I mean, Sexplanations and other channels like it will discuss different sexualities uh, and even better I think sometimes are videos from the people who are part of a certain like community talking Mm -hmm. about their sexuality and their experience with it and there's I mean YouTube gets like 300 hours of video uploaded every minute like there are plenty of people out there who are just as questioning, just as wondering like Mm -hmm. out there making vlogs about it, talking through their experiences and I mean, if you want to fall down a YouTube like rabbit hole, <laughs> like you could spend six hours just watching people talking about their own sexuality and other people's sexuality online. I think it's really helpful to watch those things, mm-hmm. and even the ones you don't agree with, at least watch and take in, because I think it's really easy to cast aside, like, well, that's not my experience. Yeah. Like, that's not true. No one feels that way. It's like, well, you're listening to someone who says they feel that way. Yeah. So it's not true that no one feels that way.
1: I'm looking at this question realizing that we answered it again in our most recent Ask Lindsay video. Mm. And I think things like fantasy and watching porn came up, which is interesting. Okay. Can you explain asexuality?
0: <laughs> well, we kind of did.
1: Not experiencing sexual attraction? Yeah. Or a lot of it? Yeah. Does anyone else think speculums look like a duck? I would say so. What can I do if I'm allergic to latex?
0: Buy non-latex products.
1: How do I get started masturbating?
0: Put a finger on it. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever you got going on, just lay a finger near it or on it. And you'll be like, oh, that's a reaction. I mean, or push up against something, rub on something. Like, I don't think it has to be like... Full penetration or to completion. No, yeah. Especially early on, like experiment, see what feels good for you.
1: I think you just need to take over explanations and become the new host. Oh, and I didn't
0: tell you this is my whole plan. <laughs> Next episode, I'm hosting. You're not here.
1: Oh, that would be so great. <laughs> let's, let's talk about that more. Uh, what is the how to on vaginal hygiene?
0: I don't know that I'm the best person to ask.
1: What is the difference between an STI and an STD?
0: I honestly don't know, but I have been told that STI is the preferred term now. Right. Can you tell me why, Lindsay? Yes,
1: I can. I can try. So STI is sexually transmitted infection and STD is sexually transmitted disease. And because not all infections lead to the manifestation of the disease, also we are not able to necessarily cure the disease or ter- we can treat a lot of them but we're, we're looking at identifying and correcting the infection right so it's a, gotcha. a much broader term that's actually speaking to what the problem is
0: which seems good
1: yes do I have to do anything differently with a condom if I have a foreskin
0: I also am not helpful there
1: <laughs> let's we'll make a video about it how can we know we're being safe and doing it right
0: what is the it? Sex?
1: Let's go with that. (laughs) Doing it.
0: If you repeat the question please then.
1: How can we know we're being safe and doing it right?
0: I mean if both partners are happy.
1: All partners, all partners. Yes
0: sorry. If all partners involved are happy like that's a good sign. Yeah. (laughs) If, If you're talking through it and you're like you good? I'm good. What about safety? Safety I mean using I mean depending on who's involved, mm-hmm. condoms help that.
1: Gloves. Uh, gloves,
0: dental dams, lots of uh, latex and non-latex mm-hmm. <laughs> devices out there to use. But yeah, I think that's a important conversation.
1: Yeah, talking.
0: Of like the safety stuff even aside, like making sure that conversation is there beforehand and knowing whatever. Like there's not a doing it right Aww. version. Yeah. So I think – Doing it right is doing it right for the people involved. Oh, so that, like, halfway through, someone's not like, oh no, we're doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah.
1: we we're supposed to go left. Yeah. I would just add getting tested beforehand mm. is always helpful. This says, What do you masturbate to?
0: Porn.
1: <laughs> what should I know about choosing a dildo?
0: I don't know. I've never had to choose one. Really? Yeah.
1: Okay. I would go with 100% silicone as of right now. We don't know that it's harmful. Also, something that you feel comfortable having inside your body or near your body.
0: Probably a good a good one. Yeah, <laughs> If it's yeah. comfortable.
1: Um, if it's going in the anus, it needs to have a wide base or a cord so that it isn't um, sucked up and irretrievable. If you can get something that's easily cleanable, that's good too.
0: Is glass okay?
1: Yes, Pyrex glass is great. I I think it's wonderful because you can change the temperature. You could put it in a pot of boiling water or you could stick it in the fridge for a while Okay, and then you can have some temperature play.
0: I just assumed that the glass avoids some of those like plasticky chemical yeah. type issues that you get from...
1: Other ones that you might
0: buy in the mall or something.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, where are we buying toys at the mall? I don't
0: want to shout out a... (laughs) Yep,
1: yep, yep, okay. (laughs)
0: No negative press, (laughs) but there are places.
1: There are places. On that note, let's do a quick break to do our group kegels. Feel
0: your kegels if you're able. Main squeeze. Every
1: time you hear a moan during this message from our sponsor, clench the muscles in your groin that stop and start urination. Those are the pubococcygeus muscles, or PC's, and strengthening them, which we're going to do as a group right now, is good for bladder control, orgasm, sexual performance, and childbirth. You ready? Ready. Adamneve.com uh, is an online store for adults to buy toys and gear for their sexual adventures. Oh, Dildos. Uh, strokers. Uh, vibrating cock rings. Uh, playful sex games. uh and cushions to prop your partner up for new sex positions. Oh. They're all available at their website, adamandeve.com. Oh. Uh. When you use promo code sexpod at checkout, uh. they'll sweeten the deal with 50% off one eligible item. Uh. And ship your fun for free if you live in the U.S. or Canada. Uh. Yeah.
0: How long is a Kegel supposed to last?
1: You could do a quick clench and release. Yeah. Or you could do a clench... Hold and release.
0: Say, because what if someone like started at the first moan and held it to the last moan?
1: Then they would be really sore the following day <laughs> in their crotch.
0: But if they <laughs> did that every day, they had the strongest crotch.
1: They would have a pretty strong crotch. Yeah. Uh, there are very strong crotches out there. I don't doubt it. Yeah. Bodybuilders. They're into muscle.
0: Someone just building. have like a super jacked, like ripped crotch. Yeah. Yeah. It's like <laughs> super strong crotch. Just bodybuilding like lifting weights with it
1: yeah they do that there was maybe you're gonna have to look this up on your favorite uh proving things wrong website but <laughs> there are images of people holding very very huge weights from their vaginas so you see there's probably some sort of dildo inside them
0: that they're clasping onto they're cla- yeah and that's attached to a heavy weight
1: yep and then right. there's a, a cord and then there's a 20 pound weight 30 pound 50 pound Etc. And there was talk of it becoming an Olympic sport.
0: <laughs> like between you and your friends? <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: like, no, uh, no. Next to these images,
0: I want to. B- I believe every part of that story un- until you got to the very last line.
1: Well, it would be great if it was an Olympic sport. <laughs> Ready to do more questions?
0: Sure. Probably don't make it a winter Olympic sport because you probably stick to it. <laughs> More questions. <laughs> More
1: questions. Can you talk about periods?
0: I mean, I could, but not from the best point of view.
1: What do you mean? What, what I've never you, had one. From your point of view, what do you think about periods?
0: They're n- a natural part of life that happened to most everyone that has a vagina every month.
1: Aw, that was wonderful. <laughs> All right. Okay. I tried. Yeah. I, a plus. <laughs> what are the pros and cons of the birth control pill?
0: Uh, see, this is, again, another weird thing where it's, like, as someone who's never had to take a birth control pill, I don't know, like, how it affects everyone's body on the whole. Mm-hmm. I've known people who have had different effects uh, to birth control things, and it, like, as we were just talking about periods, it greatly affects periods. Mm-hmm. And some people, just depending on the type of pill, like, won't have periods or will have two a year mm-hmm. or will have way worse periods than they had before. Mm-hmm. I think that's, I mean, hormonal things are always going to be different for everyone. So I think it's one of those things of if someone wants to take the pill, it's definitely going to be a process of figuring out. How it works in your body. Yeah. And if it's the right pill for you because there are other options.
1: True. I'm going to say that the pro is that it works really well at controlling birth.
0: Yeah. (laughs) The title is true. The birth control part works pretty Uh, well. Excellent, ninety-eight percent or something like that. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Where do I go to talk about my asexuality?
0: Hmm. I yeah, because I think it's a scary thing to reach out like with because there is so many people out there who don't understand like the asexual point of view right. if they are not like it's very easy for people with a average sex drive I guess mm-hmm. like um, to or any sex drive mm-hmm. to look at people who are asexual and not understand them at all like or how bully
1: them yeah is even worse like oh i'll convert you or... or even
0: like inadvertently bullying them by like basically saying that their thing doesn't exist mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah the, that's i think that's where i fall into a little bit of the trouble with the like the people who may be questioning if they're asexual or not getting the advice of just have sex mm-hmm. if it's like the least appealing thing to them in the world yeah and they're being told well just h- try it Mm -hmm. Like, maybe you'll like it. Um, They're like, I'm pretty sure my body's telling me not to like that and not want that. It's that thing of the people who feel comfortable coming out and talking about that publicly. Mm -hmm. Chances are they've also sat in a room and thought, hey, who can I talk to about this? And then they decided, hey, you know what? Maybe I'll tweet about it or maybe I'll make a video about it or maybe I'll write a book about it. Mm -hmm. And I think those people would be the first people you'd want to reach out to to talk to. And so, I'm, like
1: an asexual mentor. Yeah, Somebody's a little bit. And even if they based. don't
0: have, even if they don't have the time to respond, like maybe they have six thousand messages <laughs> sitting in an inbox somewhere. Uh, I'm sure they have people you can talk to, or they will be willing to talk when they can. Or, yeah, I think that yeah, the the quickest, easiest place to talk about it is with other people who are going through it, going yeah. through it. As I say, is like it makes it sound very negative, but dealing with coming to terms with their asexuality because, I mean, there are very happy asexuals out there. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, And you can be one of them too.
1: Yay. (laughs) Well, and I think um, one thing that speaks to the success of Sexplanations is that this question was asked in maybe our second month, and here we are four years later, and I think with a very visible asexual community who is active in the comments and supportive of one another and then – You know, people who are not, who don't identify as asexual but are still there supporting them and validating them Mm -hmm. is so cool. What's the best way to clean out sebum before it turns into smegma?
0: I don't know. Water. Oh, yeah.
1: Sometimes people will use mineral oil.
0: As a circumcised gentleman, I cannot help you. I am sorry.
1: Well, that's (laughs) it. We're good. Can you eat it? Can you eat smegma?
0: That doesn't sound like a good idea. I mean... Physically, probably. Yes. Like, you can put anything in your mouth. (laughs) But should you is probably the better question. And for that one, I'm going to direct you to the doctor over here.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a buildup of bacteria mixed with sebum, which is a fluid lubricant released by the body. But probably don't put bacteria in in your mouth, right? Well, just like, yeah, it's it's just like... People who eat their fingernails or their scabs or their boogers.
0: So it's not going to kill you.
1: No, no, no.
0: But there may be negative ramifications.
1: Well, it's just smell. But yeah. Yeah, yeah brush, your <laughs> brush your teeth afterwards. Brush your teeth. Can you eat smegma? Brush your teeth. <laughs> How come when I finger myself, it feels completely different than when my partner fingers me?
0: They have bigger fingers. I don't know.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> the angles different.
1: I mean, you could think of this as the hand job question, right? Like, why is it preferential for people oh. to get a hand job from someone else than themselves, or right. vice versa?
0: Because like tickling yourself, like there's different sensations when people are doing things to you than when you're doing them to yourself.
1: Yes, true. Can you get pregnant from a hand job or a blowjob?
0: If you've got a certain amount of aim. <laughs> <laughs> <If you're, laughs> if you're, at the end of the hand job, are you ejaculating towards a vagina?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> then yes.
1: Can you lose your virginity to a speculum?
0: I mean, I'm gonna say no, but then again, virginity as a concept is also...
1: Yeah, totally. A That's flawed would,
0: concept. Right So, yeah, I'd say, don't worry about it if you're going in for your exam.
1: Yeah, or if you are in possession of a speculum and you're using it in sexual ways, like that is the way that you want to have sex for the first time, then sure. But again, that the whole concept of virginity is something that I struggle with. Right,
0: the fact that you can give it away or lose take it. someone's yeah. or lose it is all like very negative and bad.
1: Yeah. What is BDSM?
0: Bondage, uh, dominance... Or discipline, is the other one the other D?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: submission, is there another S? Oh shit, um, not that's not it. I'm um, nodding my
1: head. They they don't know, yeah. but I'm like cheering yeah. you on here.
0: Uh, bondage, uh, dominance, uh, submission, sadomasochism, yeah. and masochism. Yeah, yeah, yeah look yeah, at yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I only know that mostly because we did a whole bondage <laughs> dungeon episode, and I had to put all those words on the screen. That's oh, how I learn a lot of my facts is by putting the definitions on the screen in the Sexplanations videos.
1: Awesome. Luckily, now I retain you know, some of it. If you, if you want to be sex educated, be the editor for a sex <laughs> education YouTube yeah. channel.
0: Don't need no schooling. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what do you think about sapio sexuality? So, if you're not familiar with that, sapio is referring to intellect, smarts, intelligence and so, so attracted an to yeah.
0: intelligence yeah. I guess I don't know that I've had a conversation with anyone thoroughly enough about it I, I, can, I can understand the concept of like attracted to someone's mind mm-hmm. but I think for me like personally that's part of an overall attraction that I have to people is like attracted to their looks as well as their mind yeah where so this is probably the extreme example of this is people who are really really attracted to someone's mind and the way they think and in, the, in their education but like looks don't matter as much or at all.
1: Well yeah, I mean I think that people try and use the term sapiosexual as another sexual orientation. So we Right, that's what you I'm have wondering. Heterosexual which is attraction to what's different and you have homosexual which is attraction to what's the same. Sapiosexual would be attraction to a person's abilities intellectually so regardless like, of sex yeah. gender yeah. anything yeah. else
0: yeah. Uh, mind first yes okay i can see that
1: yeah i can see it too we made a sweatshirt that had the prefixes and i included sapiosexual on there because that for me is a sexual orientation that i really identify with like if we're playing to real pursuit and you are answering every question it's so on like i want to have <laughs> sex with you but
0: did people, people get upset
1: they did because they felt that it was really ableist
0: yeah, I th- yeah. Maybe we can talk about that a bit more, just of like the concept of being inclusive, and then to some people being too inclusive, yeah, and that being a negative because you're including someone that they don't think should be included in a certain group of people.
1: Oh, we could talk about that for days.
0: I mean, we don't have that long, <laughs> but I like I want to touch on it because I know that is something that I am not entirely familiar with until I am like run into the brick wall of it of like you did this wrong
1: mm-hmm.
0: like something with like the hoodie of putting that on a hoodie if you showed me that list of the 50 things or whatever that, that are on that hoodie mm-hmm. that is not one that would have jumped out at me and been like are you sure you want to put this on there
1: right.
0: and then I know we did a video recently where we included uh kink and mm-hmm. as like the lgbt yep. uh and people got really upset by that yeah they did and I don't know if that is from a similar mindset of people who don't think those things should be included in that same list. But I find it really interesting that I get both sides of the argument. And so I don't necessarily have a a defined thing. But I wonder, like, what leads you to decide to include those things on the list? Me? Yeah.
1: I mean, I think there's a degree of pushing people to think about it, like why some things are there and some things aren't. And so um, with the LGBT initialism adding kink was my way of saying this list is about sexual and gender minorities and the kink community is one of those and the argument against it is hey the kink community has its own community right like let us be queer in other ways but you know there needs to be separate spaces Mm -hmm. and that is a really valid argument that i love what i didn't like was when people would say, you know, that that the kink community is more taboo and they're uh, questionable or when they're like disgusting. putting it down, yeah. right? When
0: they're judging the community, yeah, and
1: they're saying they shouldn't be a part of us. And I yeah. go through the that one, initials one. I don't. I,
0: like, I yeah, that one I can't agree with that. That side I don't understand as much. But the side of like they're not. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard for me because I I felt the same thing when. The rainbow flag when the people were talking about adding the black and brown stripe to
1: oh, the rainbow flag. Oh, what was this? I don't know this.
0: I, this is probably not the time for the conversation because I am not going to be able to explain it properly enough to you right now. But, uh, yeah, I probably shouldn't even get into it just because I know I'm going to explain it incorrectly. But uh, there are groups of people out there who currently want to add a black and brown stripe uh, for race representation on the rainbow pride flag. And so you have many people on both sides of that issue debating it. And as someone who is not part of either community,
1: Uh
0: it's very hard for me to, like, look at that and go, oh, you're right. Oh, no, I think you're right.
1: Wow.
0: Because listening to them, they both, like, from what I see, like, have very Mm -hmm. strong, passionate beliefs about their side and why this thing should not be or should be included. And I feel the same way when I look at comments about, like, the kink being included on the LGBT initialism or the – Sapio being included on the hoodie, and it's it's really interesting to just take that all in. But luckily, I am not in a position where people <laughs> ask me to declare what side I believe is correct.
1: You don't have 6,000 messages in your inbox nope. saying, should brown and black be added to the flag? Nope. Well, that, I think that's that's something I'll have to think about. I don't know that I'm smart enough to write an episode about... That conversation, but I'll try.
0: I think that's one of those things where sometimes I see people, and I have this feeling too, where you get the urge to say something about something that's in the public eye because we all have Twitter, we all have YouTube, we all have Facebook. We all have an outlet now Mm -hmm. where we can post something and people will hear it. Right. And that's empowering in both good and bad ways. And I think a lot of times for me, I see something like that and I want to post something about it. Not necessarily, like, declarative of, like, this is the way everything should be. Right. But more in the, like, this is the way I'm currently feeling about it. But then I think five steps beyond that of, like, oh, one, does anyone need to care about, like, <laughs> does my opinion matter at all on this? No. Uh, two, should I just go and look for someone whose opinion I feel like does matter more, like someone that's in one of these communities that's being affected by the alteration of the flag? Mm-hmm. Um, and retweet their thoughts. Right. Or just read their thoughts. Don't like you don't need to post a thing ever. (laughs) Like no one's holding your hand to a Twitter button and saying post this now. (laughs) Like I've talked to Lindsay about this before. Like my favorite uh, thing to always keep in the back of my mind whenever I'm on social media is the from a Craig Ferguson stand up special. And it's like number one, does this need to be said? Number two, does this need to be said right now? And number three, does this need to be said right now by me? That's and like great. those rules, I think everyone should keep in their mind when they're doing social media.
1: Yeah, because the agree. answer is
0: usually no.
1: <laughs> well, it's also the difference between being smart and being wise. Being smart is knowing what to say, and being wise is knowing whether or not to say it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. A few more questions, and then then we'll we'll close with some extra credit. What are your thoughts on shaving pubic hair?
0: Do it if you want to. Don't do it if you don't want to.
1: How do you feel about sex for recreation?
0: As opposed to sex for business?
1: Procreation?
0: Oh. (laughs) I was like, business or pleasure, sir. (laughs) Uh, Pro, as I do not have children.
1: Yeah. Uh, How do you feel about the legality of prostitution?
0: Another area where I am not someone it directly affects... So I don't necessarily have a super strong opinion, but I lean much more towards the arguments of people saying that it should be legal and safe and taxed and all this stuff. Like, that seems like a good idea to me. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Anything you want to ask me?
0: Anything I've had questions about throughout this process, I feel like I've come back at you with.
1: Yeah. And and we talk about sex all the time.
0: Yeah, it's our job. (laughs) (laughs) Like... My Google history is just, (laughs) oh, man. I'm glad we don't have, like, a regular HR department looking over me because they would just, yeah. Any other job that wasn't my job, if I had the Google search history I have, I'd be fired.
1: (laughs) What do you think is the most interesting thing you have on your Google search history?
0: Ooh, I don't even know at this point. I mean, two years of working on explanations and having to find, like... Images and definitions and mostly the images. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Can I make a guess? Sure. So we did an episode about how to hold a vibrator without using your hands. Mm-hmm. And there was one involving a drone. But for us to have our own drone and do our own video yeah. footage of it was really it's troublesome. Yeah. And so we were given permission to borrow clips from a video and I would imagine if somebody came across that YouTube video on your search history dildo of, like, drone. the drone coming down on this yeah. woman with the uh, dildo, th- that they would be... I don't astounded. think that's
0: the worst. Really? Yeah. Well, because I think, like, someone would watch that and assume it's more of a jokey thing or definitely a explanations thing. I think it's when I have to, like... What happens the majority of the time is I don't think... I'm like in Sexplanation's brain when I'm editing.
1: <laughs> I love that there's a Sexplanation brain. And
0: so, brain. yeah, I'm like looking. I need to like make a graphic for something or an illustration, and I'm like, oh, okay, uh, this. Like, I don't know. I can't think of it. Like, uh-huh. all the time I had, I can't think of one sexual term, apparently. <laughs> but like, I have to just find a, a visual representation of that so I can make our own version or find a stock photo uh-huh. or something. And I'll just go over to Google image search and just type it in and hit enter. Like nothing bad can happen <laughs> to me. And of course I'm wrong every time. And it's like, especially like, uh, yeah, it's, there's so many, so many examples. Just like if you scroll back through this explanations video history, like just look at the titles and think about putting that into your Google image search. Yep. And that's what I do on a <laughs> weekly basis.
1: Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so fun.
0: (laughs) Sorry if that computer ever gets, like, passed on to someone else in the company because they're going to have some (laughs) weird suggestions on their Google search.
1: Oh, my goodness. All right. So let's give the audience some sexter credit. I came up with something, but maybe you have another idea for them. What we've done since the first episode of the podcast is suggest that they get a journal. And then each week I've given them assignments that they can do when they're not listening or watching the show. And this week, my recommendation is that in your sex relations podcast notebook, make a list of the sex questions you have. Try to think of 10 things you're curious about. Or as an alternative homework assignment, go back through the episode that you just listened to and answer the questions I asked Matthew in your own words. I'll actually put the questions in the description of the episode so you can access them easily there too.
0: I think a good thing on top of that too is anything that you write down that surprises you, because that might happen, like you're writing down 20 questions that you think of off the top of your head and you might write one down and you're like, oh, I didn't even realize I really wanted to know that. Mm. Like take the time and go find the answer to that question and oh,
1: that's why i like you yeah. so much matthew <laughs> i think also
0: ask your friend that question like just a friend that you don't necessarily talk to about sex necessarily if they're comfortable and you feel comfortable and you think it's a safe place like try to ask not a super graphic question just off the top <laughs> like it's like meeting for lunch and you're just like so what uh, you think you can get pregnant from a hand job? <laughs> like maybe don't lead with that one But maybe uh, start off the conversation with something about asexuality or something like that and see if you can start a a new sort of friendship relationship, because I think it's always interesting when you talk to someone that you've talked to for years, suddenly about a topic that you've never talked to them about, and you're like, oh, we're both comfortable discussing sex. Who knew?
1: Oh, then you could watch explanations together.
0: Yeah. Well, watch them separately so we get two views. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Oh, you're awesome. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: Of course. It's been really special working with you as a partner in creating the show. I'm really proud of what we make, and that's because of how well you cut it together and add flair and direct me to be uh, more cool than i am in real life this show is made possible with the generous donations from listeners like you at patreon.com slash podcast our sponsorship from adamandeve.com and the production help of complexly cinema studios and count boogie as i like to say each week and cora and paro i'm still learning